the Apollo Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to Cash Landing, the show where we fall ass backwards into the money and you get richer just by listening, or in the case of me recently, not falling ass backwards into the money, but we'll get there when we get there. I'm joined here, as always, by my highly favorite, highly esteemed co-host, Aaron. Aaron, how are we doing on this fine Saturday uh, evening? Uh, yeah, we're doing pretty good, Ben. I don't, I'm not too sure about you starting on that negative note. I mean, you had a, you had a down <laughs> week in our week 16 betting, but I mean, we could just chuck it up to a weird week. We didn't have a pod. We didn't, you know, get together and talk about it. We just tweeted out our bets. So I think you should cut yourself a little bit of slack on last week's uh, betting. So I, th- I think you're going to have a bounce back week this week. Don't get too down on yourself. Yeah, we'll we'll have to see. I, th- I, I went safer with my bets, I would say. I don't know. I went less complicated, at least. I'm, I'm sw- switching up the strategy a little bit in week 17 here. Yeah, so hopefully that works out for you. Just to update the betting. I'm back up. I'm up twelve hundred bucks on the year. Ben, you are in the red for the first time in a long time. You're down two thirty two, but we are up uh, nine sixty seven as a pod. So I think a good week this week we'll get well above a thousand on the year for a pod. So that's that's not anything to sneeze at. Yeah, uh, so far you've carried me, and that's all right. Let's let's <laughs> let's keep it going. I hope this same you know. Um, discrepancy between us happens and we're just looking at a $1,500 profit instead at the end of this week. I think that would certainly be a great week. We definitely take that. Uh, regardless, we are going to be talking about the week 17 NFL uh, daily fantasy slate. As always, we're going based off of DraftKings pricing. This is the last week of the year where it's you know non-playoff football. There are some interesting things to watch out for. I'm going to let Aaron go ahead and talk about some of the interesting sort of happenings in week 17 NFL action. Yeah, so we know Week 17 DFS, it's a lot different from all the other weeks because there are some teams that just have no reason to try, and there's definitely some of those teams this week. Um, The main teams I would look out for, the Kansas City Chiefs, they already came out and said they're not playing their guys, so don't bother playing any Chiefs offensive players this week. Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Roethlisberger's not playing. I think all of their key players will play a drive or two at most. And then two of the more interesting teams to watch are the Buffalo Bills and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the approach that I'm going to take on this week is I'm not going to play anyone from the Bills and the Bucks. I think we see both of those teams play their guys for maybe a half at most, and then Allen, Diggs, Brady, Godwin, Evans. I think all those guys will come out, not play the second half. They don't have too much to play for, only just very slim seed-changing scenarios. So I'll talk about the rest of the scenarios as we go. It's really important to keep those in mind, but I mean, I think we'll be able to sort through it all and get the people to play this week. Yeah, there's some interesting comments from the both the Bills and the Bucks side. I was looking at, you know, like I, we'll get there when we get there, but I was looking at Ronald Jones and Bruce Aaron's like, oh no, I'm playing him a ton. Like, all right, hope, hope he doesn't get hurt then. Yeah, they're not gonna like the the Buccaneers scenario is they would have to lose, they would have to lose, and I believe it's the Rams would have to win. In that case, they could get bumped from a five seed to a six seed and basically not get to play the NFC East winner which obviously you do want to play the NFC East winner, but all the scenarios are long shots anyway. So there's just no reason to run Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette into the ground this week. I mean, I feel like it's going to be a split. They're going to, we're going to see some backups. So I would not buy uh, too much into the coach talk, but you know, you never know when we're getting bamboozled, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's true. You never know. And with that said, we can go ahead and move on into quarterback. Uh, you already talked about 
you know, there are just some guys that you're not going to play because they're probably not going to play for the whole game. That's going to be Mahomes, Allen, Brady. But uh, we can go ahead and start with uh, Lamar Jackson at, at eight grand if you want to. Yeah, Lamar Jackson is the highest priced guy that is playable this week. Uh, he's eight thousand. That's pretty expensive, but he's got the Bengals this week. We know the Ravens and Lamar Jackson specifically have been crushing uh, bad teams late in the season. They're kind of on a roll, but that's all been against bad defenses. So we don't really know if they're for real as far as playoff goes. But as far as this week, you can expect a pretty steady performance from Lamar Jackson. I would say, I think is a good bet to score between maybe twenty five and twenty eight fantasy points. I think the game might be a little too ugly. I think it might be too much of a blowout for him to really get you into the 40 points that you really need to pay off this price tag to win a tournament. But if you're just looking for a safe 25 points, I think Lamar's a pretty good option. But I'm not sure the upside to win a tournament is completely there. Yeah, you know, for the price tag, I think I actually like him more than Deshaun Watson, who, you know, we can talk about as well. He's only $300 less at 7700 I think I like Lamar Jackson a little better as the safe play um, just because I mean at what point are we going to see AJ McCarron or something I mean if, if the Texans game really gets ugly there's going to be there's already really no reason for Watson to be out there but there's going to be even less of a reason if that game gets ugly in the first half yeah I mean we can go ahead and just hop right into Watson yeah you talked about it. I think maybe that's possible I don't expect that to happen I think when most of these teams that have been out of I mean the Texans have had nothing to play for for a month so what's going to change between, you know, the week 13 game and the week 17 game? I think they're going to play their guys. They do have a chance to this. You could argue this game is more important for them than some of the other games because they do have a chance to spoil the Titans season. So that might mean something to them. This game's in Houston. Not that that means too much, but it is in the dome. I think Watson's playable. I think this could be one of the more higher scoring games on the slate. It has one of the highest totals on the board. He scored 35 points against the Titans earlier this year. We liked him that week. I think he's playable again. The price is a little expensive, but I think you can I think you can run a little game stack here is the scenario where I would like to play Watson. I would play him like Watson Cooks and then run it back with Derrick Henry. That's how I would approach Houston this week. Yeah, I I think that's a good strategy. Did you see um uh, JJ Watt's comments and like all the all the pundits reaction to what JJ Watt was saying after after the loss last week? I actually didn't. I saw the I saw the video but I didn't actually click on it to hear what he actually said. Who was he mainly going after? I didn't actually listen I, to it. He didn't say specific names, but it was, you know, lack of effort from certain players on the Texans, I think specifically on the on the defensive side. And so, you know, it was a very J.J. Watt speech where he's like, you know, we're paid a ton of money to come out here and do this. And these fans are still here, even though we're, you know, four and 11 and we're terrible and they know it, but they're still here. So you got to take pride in your work or whatever. And all the pundits are like, well, if that doesn't light a fire on them, I don't know what, what, what will. <laughs> the problem with the Texans is that it's not like an effort thing. They just don't have the players on defense <laughs> yeah. to, to make it happen. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, those comments are not really going to steer me to fade Derrick Henry this week. No, really same. Be a change. <laughs> like, I'm so, like, you know, it's not like Lonnie Johnson is lazy. He just can't cover. And, yeah. you know, that's it's what it is. Yeah, I agree with you there. So I think we do see a high-scoring game. A little, a small part of me thinks uh, Watson might want to play spoiler there against Tennessee just to kind of stick it to a division rival, but they'll probably lose. So, I mean, that probably won't actually happen. Yeah, I mean, I think it, you know, it, it could be a within a touchdown game for sure, which is actually good for, for DraftKings because I think we both, you know, believe in this Houston offense. But Derrick Henry, he had like 200 yards in the first matchup, right? He's just going to do it again. Yeah, we'll get to Derrick Henry in a sec, but he absolutely seems like a lock this week. But uh, 
I'm going to move on here. I want to talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers. He's probably my favorite quarterback play this week. He's only 7,400. I have been playing Aaron Rodgers a lot uh, late in the season. I talked about it a while ago on the podcast, but I talked about my MVP narrative. I pointed out how they were just passing it on the goal line endlessly. Rodgers was going for the MVP. He was statting, he was padding uh, all the stats, racking up all the touchdowns. And Ben, I think I was onto something because here we are week 17. Aaron Rodgers is going to win the MVP. It's going to happen. You, you, you kind of called it and I'm upset. I didn't listen to you because that was my lineup where I, I may have won, you know, many thousands of dollars if I didn't take Aaron Jones that week. So that was upsetting, but yeah, you're right. Aaron Rodgers, the, the MVP narrative has been sort of solidified as long as he takes care of business this week, especially, and and there's no reason for him not to. Uh, you know, I mean, the Bears' defense is good, but uh, it's not it, – it isn't what it, what it once was for sure. And so I really like him at 7,400. He's going to get goal – he's going to goal line pass. Devontae Adams is healthy. Uh, you know, it, this is the Packers' offense, as you know and love them. Yeah, and the scenario for the Packers this week is – you know, they've got to win this game. If they win this game, they're going to be the one seed. The one seed is the only team that gets the bye this week. So it's essentially a playoff win if they beat the Bears this week. If they lose to the Bears, uh, the Bears sneak into the playoffs and either the Seahawks or the Saints are going to swoop in and take that bye. So the Packers are in no way going to take their foot off the gas pedal this week. They are going to try to win this game. Rodgers is going to be on his A game. He scored four touchdowns earlier this year against the Bears. Not scared of the matchup. The price is pretty nice, so yeah, I mean, all those reasons, Ben talked about it a little bit. Uh, we're both on Rodgers this week. I think he's a very strong play, as he has been pretty much all season long. And if you need a, a cheaper play, you can look to that same division where uh, the Vikings and the Lions are going to be playing against each other. I know both me and Aaron, we've been saying this, it feels like maybe five weeks in a row, we've been saying Vikings passing stack, it's sneaky, you should go, you know what I mean, you should go for it. But especially this week, Maybe it's a little less sneaky, but it still is a good play with good value propositions. Kirk Cousins is only $6,300. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I definitely believe in the Vikings passing stack this week again. Yeah, I mean, Ben, if we had a list of topics that we have talked about over our 16, 17 weeks doing these NFL podcasts, I would say some of our main talked about topics are Vikings passing stack, how bad the Lions defense is, and then, you know, just complaining about Drew Sample and Anthony Lynn. But, you know, I think those two things are at the top of the list pretty much. Drew Sample feels like it's a lifetime ago. Yeah, I guess we've had uh, we've had some ups and downs. Oh, Brandon Cooks. He's been a staple on the pod. So. Yeah, we t- certainly Brandon Cooks a lot. Yeah, Vikings passing stack, Lions terrible defense, Brandon Cooks. So those have been the three staples. And I think uh, we, we are not going to steer away in week 17 from the Vikings passing stack against the Lions. So... I think 63 is a really nice price. I really like the price for Cousins. It makes everyone else uh, pretty affordable. Yeah, I, I, that's it's one of the few sort of cheap plays that I'm that that's really on my radar for this for this week and it it you know makes it so maybe you can get, you know, Derrick Henry, Devontae Adams or something. I mean, if you're not going to go full Viking stack, you know, Kirk Cousins might get there and then the other people might might get there as well. Yeah. So, and one more thing to add on Kirk Cousins, uh, no Dalvin Cook this week, so They'll probably be passing the ball even a little bit more than usual. But um, if you do want to punt quarterback this week, I think my favorite cheap guy this week is going to be Drew Locke. He's 5K. Look, Drew Locke's not very good at uh, real NFL football, but he's going up against Vegas this week. They have a terrible defense. Vegas no longer has anything to play for, so they're going to be pretty defeated this week. They stink. Drew Locke's only 5K. We know he can put up some points in a high-scoring game. He could get garbage time. You never know. So I think 5000 on the dot is uh, pretty cheap, and 
I would not be opposed to running out a little bit of a Broncos stack that would that would really let me get, you know, Derrick Henry, Devontae Adams, and some of the guys that we want up top. Yeah, we've seen, you know, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick, we've seen him put up big weeks before, and this this is a defense that can that can do that again. So, you know, Drew Locke, Devontae Adams, and then one of of Hamler or Patrick. I mean, I got I got no problem with that at all. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much all I'm going to stick to in quarterback this week. It's going to be a pretty tight uh, player pool as far as quarterback goes for me this week. But yeah, I'm ready to move on to running back. If you are, yep, I'm I'm just following you. I'll, all right, I'm, I'm free to move on when you are. All right, so uh, kind of the storylines at running back this week. The Saints don't have any. Uh, we've seen <laughs> the Broncos play a game without a quarterback this year. We have seen the Browns play a game without wide receivers. We are now basically going to see the Saints play a game without running backs. Um, obviously, they're going to call up some guys in the practice squad. Ty Montgomery will get a little bit of usage. I don't think I'm going to fall into the Ty Montgomery trap this week. I feel like it's going to be a complete mess. There's also no, no I, Dalvin Cook. There's no Christian McCaffrey. And I go ahead, Ben. What you got to say? I, I, I think the Saints are going to run a lot of Taysom Hill gadget stuff when they feel like they need to you know, move the ball on the ground. I don't think it's going to be a lot of Montgomery or uh, I forgot the name of the person they call up from the practice squad, but he's not even on my radar. Yeah, who knows, man. I definitely agree with you. We're definitely going to see some Taysom Hill, but no Dalvin Cook, no Christian McCaffrey as usual. Um, Derrick Henry is the only expensive running back this week. Ben, I think we just have to play him. He's 9,400. We can talk about the Texans defense. Uh, We don't really need to, but... I, I think he's just a lock for me. I don't think I'm going to make a lineup without Derrick Henry this week. Yeah, I mean, if he if somehow you know he gets he has a calf sprain or whatever in the or a calf, a calf strain, sorry, in okay. in the first quarter and and ruins your lineups, then then it is what it is. But that is the only scenario in which I can see him actually like maybe he won't get all the way to value, but there's no way he has less than like 20 DraftKings points. There's just no way that he actually literally kills you. No, the yards are an absolute lock. I mean, we've seen games this year where Tannehill will sneak it on the goal line. Uh, He will occasionally throw for four or five touchdowns. So the only scenario that I am fading Derrick Henry is if I'm running a Titans passing a stack just for some leverage. And I don't think I'm going to do that. I think I'm just going to play Derrick Henry. But the only way I'm even considering fading Henry is if I'm just playing like Tannehill and A.J. Brown instead. Yeah, and and usually the only way I do fade Derrick Henry is when there are two running backs or or three running backs that I think are better value pro- propositions on the slate, and I don't think that that is the case this week. I'm I'm actually I'm having a hard time finding sort of the low tier running backs that I usually like, you know, like around the the Miles Gaskin tier of running back, and I don't I don't really see him on this slate. So Henry super lock. I'm I'm putting him in everything. All right, sweet. So, so we're in agreement there. Um, I also like Jonathan Taylor. He's 7,400. He's my next favorite running back here. This is a must-win game for the Colts. Um, the Colts need a little bit of help, so they're not in with a win, but they are certainly out with a loss, so they're not going to mess around here with Jacksonville. They're going to run the ball down their throat. They're going to try to keep the defense out of Phil Rivers' face. We know the Jags sometimes will put like eight or nine people in the box, but look, the Jags has, have absolutely nothing to play for. We know that. They're mailed it in. They've it's week 17. They've got their eyes on a, you know, vacation time off. So I think we see a lot of Jonathan Taylor. I think he puts up a hundred yards in the touchdown and he will probably be pretty good value at 7,400. Yeah. I, I don't hate it. I don't think I'll have a whole lot of Jonathan Taylor myself, but I don't dislike the call. Yeah. He's kind of in, you know, if I'm playing Derrick Henry in every lineup, I'm probably not going to have enough money to also play Jonathan Taylor, but he's just another guy I wanted to note just because the spot's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, one guy I might consider pairing with Derrick Henry is going to be DeAndre Swift. Uh, I mentioned I want to get a lot of pieces in the Vikings-Lions game. That should be a shootout. He's only 6,300. I recommended him a couple pods ago, and I said he was going to go overlooked, and he has a chance for some touchdowns, and he went overlooked, and I had him score two touchdowns for me at about 8% owned. I think we could see something similar happen this week. The Vikings are 27th against the run this year. We know Swift is involved in the passing game. I think there are going to be points scored in this game, so I think Swift... He's in no man. He's in no man's land again, Ben. So I think it could be another spot to just kind of sneak in Swift in your lineup, and maybe you'll get twenty five points out of him if he falls into the end zone a couple times. Yeah, and he's also he's also far enough removed from that breakout game that he had right before he had COVID that I think he might go even more a little under the radar. Like you know, it's now been three weeks since DeAndre Swift actually had a good football game, and so I think that might make people more more hesitant. But at the same time. That's also two weeks removed from actually having COVID. <laughs> so maybe he's more fully recovered and 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 is going to go out and produce for you. Yeah, that's definitely been a thing that we've noticed this year. The guys, you know, coming off of COVID, sometimes that actually does end up affecting them. So I think that's a good point there. Um, one reason I think DeAndre Swift is not going to have much ownership is because his counterpart in that game, Alexander Madison, he is 6K. Madison's in an interesting spot here because normally if there's no Dalvin Cook, we're going to say Madison's an absolute lock at this price. It's a great matchup. I think he is a probably a really good play. He's going to get a lot of carries. The matchup is fantastic. It is week 17. They don't have anything to play for. I don't think they're just going to run Madison into the ground. I mean, he's been hurt most of the year, Ben. He's had concussion problems. He's been dealing with stuff with his lower body. I have a hard time believing he's just going to go from basically zero carries all year to they're going to give him 25, but he's probably a good bet to get, you know, 15 to 20 carries. I think I'm going to opt to go with the Vikings passing stack, but Madison is definitely a, a fine play at 6K, I think. Yeah, I'm sure I'll have some. The the way, the more you talk about it, the less I love it. I really loved it when I first saw it. I think that's going to be everybody's first reaction is, oh, well, Dalvin Cook's out. Let's go to Madison. Um. But I mean, you know, all all of those are are valid reasons. I'm still going to have some for sure because there's just a chance that he gets the workload and 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 goes, you know, four x. Yeah, I think that's the right way to play it. I'm I'm definitely not just going to completely fade him. I'm going to mix him in a little bit, but I am going to lean a little bit more to the passing stack. But uh, yeah, Ben, you talked about Ronald Jones a little bit more. Are you going to buy the coaches talk, or what are we thinking here? I'm I'm going to have some for sure. I mean, in the in the ones where I don't have Madison, I think I might have Ronald Jones just because. I, like what kind of smoke screen would that even be for Bruce Arians to be like, yeah, we're going to play Ronald Jones and then not do it. Yeah. Like what does that get you in terms of the, <laughs> in, like, in, uh, Oh no, it's Leonard Fournette instead. Now my whole defense is different. Like probably not. Um, and also, you know, the, the Buccaneers don't have a ton to play for. They have enough to play for where I think that they will, you know, their run scheme is fine. They're going to keep giving Jones the ball. They're not going to be trotting LaShawn McCoy out there. I don't think. Yeah, I think he's definitely, you know, he'll get some touches. There's a pretty good chance he will score a touchdown in this matchup. Um, I'm just scared of the Buccaneers this week. I'm probably going to fade the whole offense, but yeah, I don't I don't blame you for mixing in some Ronald Jones this week. I don't hate I, 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 I forgot to mention it. It's the Falcons. They're playing against the Atlanta Falcons. That's part of the reason. It's just the upside of like, okay, well, he might have 100 yards and two touchdowns because it, it's the Atlanta defense. Yeah, absolutely. Atlanta's defense is... Uh, they could definitely be a candidate to completely mail it in week 17. Not that you even need them to mail it in just because they're already so bad. But um, <laughs> one guy I think I like slightly more than Ronald Jones is going to be Melvin Gordon this week. Uh, he's 5,700. He's going up against the Raiders. 
their defense has somehow gotten worse as the year has gone on. They've been giving up points to running backs like the Padres have been giving up prospects to get, you know, all world starting pitchers. I think there's a very good chance Melvin goes for 100 total yards and a touchdown here. It's just, I think it's going to be a sneaky shootout. The matchup is so good. Gordon's been getting consistent usage. Um, 5,700 isn't too bad. I think, you know, I'm inclined to play the passing game a little bit more, but in games where I don't, in lineups where I don't play, like Judy, Fant, Locke, Patrick, I think I probably am going to opt out. Melvin Gordon is my RB too. Yeah, uh, Melvin Gordon. Uh, the, the, my biggest issue with Melvin Gordon is it's, it's, it's just that sometimes he puts up these weird dud games where he gets 20 carries for 40 yards. And I, 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 it's very tough for me to understand them, but uh, he has actually been fairly consistent lately. And this is, uh, you know, a, a great matchup. This is the only podcast in the world where you get the Raiders defense compared to the San Diego Padres front front office. You know, I've been tilted about the Padres news lately. I am, I am. Frustrated. I can't. W- I can't wait for our our hot stove like. MLB offseason podcast because I'm sure you have many things to say about the the Diamondbacks future yeah I mean it's good I mean I understand what the Padres are thinking I mean if you are going to play against Zach Gallon all these years you're going to need four or five aces <laughs> to kind of keep up with him but it's getting it's going to be a little much for my taste that's so good but yeah no I mean the the Raiders defense I I've been saying it since like week three I first of all I don't believe in John Gruden and second of all this defensive unit was supposed to be bad when the year began and then they overachieved a little bit but Raiders Lions and Texans I think are the three you know those are the legitimately bad defense in the NFL. So give me all the exposure to that defense possible. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we're on the same page there. Um, let's move on to wide receiver here. Wide receiver this week is going to be a little bit interesting. I actually do like some cheap plays at wide receiver. I think this is where we can find our value. But I'm going to play Devontae Adams whenever I can. Is it? it I'm probably not going to be able to jam Henry and Adams together in the too many lineups, but I mentioned my you, love for Rodgers. Uh you can you can jam Devontae, Henry, and Rogers in if you're gonna play, you know, two of these value receivers. And I think that some of them could 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 a hundred percent get there, especially you just gotta pick the right Broncos one and then find a flyer on somebody is is the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, so I'm definitely gonna attempt to play Adams and Henry together because I mean I'm not even gonna give out the stats on Adams. He's been absolutely ridiculous this year. He's a lock for a touchdown. He's probably gonna get two. He might get three. So yeah, I'm gonna play Adams this week and then I uh, Ben, the Vikings, I'm, I'll give you one last chance just to, you know, just for old time's sake, let's talk about these Vikings wide receivers. We've It's it's amazing, like six weeks in a row, we've been like the Viking air, air pass stack, and more often than not, it gets there. It might not completely win you the whole tournament, but, you know, Kirk Cousins has sort of a reputation as this game-managing quarterback who's holding the Vikings back, but in, in daily fantasy sports, he almost always provides value, and so uh, Justin Jefferson is... 7.6k and Adam Thielen is 7.4k I mean first of all Justin Jefferson is just Stefan Diggs again which is hilarious to me they even have like the same mannerisms but we do it every week I'm gonna do it again I'm gonna have at least one lineup where it's you know Cousins Jefferson Thielen then I gotta get creative elsewhere (laughs) yeah you talk about the same mannerisms those mannerisms being yelling at Kirk Cousins to be better They have that. Oh God, it, for sure. it was so good. So Kirk Cousins, you know, like was evading the rush in the pocket. I think this is week 16, evading the rush in the pocket, tried to find Jefferson in the end zone, threw it a little high. And Jefferson just yells, come on, Kirk, yeah. like, you can't do that. Give me the, give me the ball. It's just super like, Stephon Diggs flashback. Yep. That is Stephon Diggs right there. 
Yeah, so I'm I'm with Ben here. We are in on the Vikings. I think I prefer Jefferson a little more. I think he just has a little more upside, but you can play them together, uh, pair them with Cousins all day, and just win the money because they have led us to the cash line many times this year. And uh, with that, Ben, I think we need to recommend Brandon Cooks one more time. I'm not even doing it just because that's kind of our thing. I legitimately think he's in play this week. I said I like Watson a little bit. I think the way to stack that game up is to pair him with Brandon Cooks because while there is other guys, cheaper guys, that Watson might throw to, none of them have the upside that Cooks do. Uh, Cooks has quite a bit of upside. He's got the 30-point possibility. He did well in this matchup last time. The game script should be really good. It's a high total. It's in a dome. So, uh, yeah, Brandon Cooks for all the reasons that I've liked him most of the year. Yeah, he's just so expensive. I think I'm more, I'm more, I'm and for good reason. Obviously, I, I agree with all the points that you made, but I'm more inclined to play Kiki Kuti in cash, especially maybe not in tournaments. I might just fade it totally in tournaments or play Cooks in tournaments. But in cash, Kuti is my is my option, and Cooks is more my tournament guy. Yeah, yeah, I think that might be a good way to approach it. Definitely fair. It's hard to pay up for uh, too many guys when we're locking in Derrick Henry like we say we are. Um, another guy a little bit cheaper than Cooks. I really like this week is going to be Jarvis Landry. He didn't play last week because of the COVID tracing. Um, they had no wide receivers, but their wide receivers are back this week. They have to win this game this week against the Steelers, but the Steelers have already said they're not going to be trying to win this game. It's more important that they uh, rest up their players and try to get the two seats as opposed to the three. So I think we do see the Browns move the ball here. Landry has gone for 19-plus DraftKings points in three of his last four games. The targets and the receptions have been very consistent over the past two months, so I think Landry is a pretty safe play here at 65. Yeah, I actually, I love the Landry call. Landry is is one of my favorite receivers on the slate. In my opinion, Landry is up in like the, the Allen Robinson tier of receivers once Odell Beckham Jr. went down. It was just amazing the way that, you know, Baker Mayfield is forcing this man to football like 12 targets a game and he's catching most of them. And so... I expect, you know, on a week after COVID tracing where maybe people forgot him about him a little bit, you might be able to get more leverage on Jarvis Landry than you than you normally would. Plus, people are going to see, you know, the number one Steelers defense with the little red thing and be hesitant to click on it. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of banking on, too. The ownership might be down. They're going to think, oh, all the Browns do is run the ball. You can't really throw it on the Steelers anyway. Look, the Steelers aren't playing many of their guys. It's going to be a couple drives at most for their starting defenders, so... I think we're going to see the Browns put up points here. So, yeah, we're in agreement there on Jarvis Landry. Yeah. All right. So uh, my next guy here is going to be Nelson Aguilar, 5,400. The Denver secondary is in absolute shambles right now. They have got so many injuries, it's ridiculous. Um, Nelson Aguilar has been uh, Derek Carr's favorite receiver outside of Darren Waller. He's super hot. He's the big play threat in this offense. I talked about I think this game might be high scoring. If I'm running out of Denver stack, I might try to run it back with Aguilar a little bit to try to get a little bit of correlation there. Look, he's just a big play guy. He's put up a lot of big games lately. 5,400 is pretty affordable, so I don't mind taking a shot here in tournaments. I can't believe Stonehands Aguilar is the number one receiver on a team that thought it had like playoff aspirations. I know. He's actually been, you know, he's just made a, a big a big improvement as a football player this year, but, you know, he is still Nelson Aguilar, but... You know, he made some really nice plays in that Dolphin game recently. So, yeah, so I, I think Nelson Aguilar is a good play. I think it's hilarious that he's uh, Las Vegas' number one receiver. It's just super funny to me. But uh, we can go ahead and move on to Russell Gage, who is uh, only $300 less than Nelson Aguilar, $5,100. They've, he, he just keeps getting it done for the Falcons, especially in games where, where Julio is out and um, – 
So, you know, I think there's still some value here. I think you probably agree with me considering you're the one who put them on this document. Yeah, Tampa lost a couple guys to COVID this week. I think we're also going to see Tampa rest some defenders this week. So the Tampa defense is uh, not as scary as it normally is. You mentioned it. Gage has been solid all year with Julio out. Julio is out yet again. I think we're going to see the Falcons passing the ball because that's what they do. They're not good at running the ball. The Buccaneers are good against the run anyway. So we're going to see a lot of passes. And I think Russell Gage is uh, good for his usual, you know, 14 to 18 fantasy points here, which, you know, we'll take at this price. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I got I got no problem with Gage. I think Gage is another solid cash option too. Like if you have, you know, Cootie and, and Gage as your um you know, low five thousand dollar sort of cash receivers, I think that's a that's a high floor. Yeah, and uh we talked about Denver a little bit this week. I know Ben might prefer some other guys. I'll let him talk to you about that in a sec, but I think Jerry Judy is probably my preferred guy to stack with Locke this week. Um here's the good news on Judy. He had fifteen targets last week. Here's the bad news on Judy. He dropped six of those targets, six drops in one game. That is uh, hilarious, and that is also very bad. But <laughs> still, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna lean towards the 15 targets uh, against the Raiders. 4,200. I think he's definitely in play this week, just because if he gets you know even close to 15 targets again and actually catches the football this week, he's got a chance to completely explode uh, given the price. Yeah, I mean, my thing is just that I basically like all three Broncos receivers f- fairly evenly for their respective price points. And so, you know, I think taking a shot on all three of them in different lineups, like even without a Broncos stack or anything, just, you know, oh, I really hope KJ Hamler catches those two touchdowns like he did two weeks ago. Then I think I think all of those are sort of good plays. Yeah, I think uh, that's a good way to do it. Maybe you mix a couple of them there. Um my real cheapie this week is going to be Jalen Guyton. He's a wide receiver for the Chargers. He's $3,400. Uh, no Keenan Allen this week. We saw Keenan Allen not play a couple games late in the year. That means uh, Guyton is a really good bet for 5 to 10 targets. He's shown the big play ability all year long. We know the Chargers have kind of a big play explosive offense. So the 5 to 10 targets provide a nice floor. The big play ability provides a really nice ceiling. He's only 3400 so... I'm going to have a lot of Jalen Guyton this week, and uh, I think we might see a a 50- or 60-yard touchdown against the Chiefs defense that is not going to be playing any starters this week. Yeah, I think that's a good call. And also, you know, the Chargers are a lot like the Texans where, you know, we recommended Deshaun Watson and and, um, Brandon Cooks, but the Chargers might just have a little bit of fun beating up on on the Chiefs who who have caused them pain for the last two years now. Uh, and the Chargers also haven't had anything, haven't had anything to play for for a while, so this shouldn't be necessarily super different for the Chargers than it is usually. Obviously, with the caveat of Keenan Allen is out, which changes everything about that offense. Yeah, I mean the Chargers are missing quite a few pieces on both sides of the ball due to just injury. But uh, yeah, I mean you hit on it. We'll get to it in my bet segment. Uh, I really like the Chargers this week. I think they're going to win big, and they probably will pour it on the Chiefs this week. And I think Jalen Guyton will be a big part of that. Interesting from the from our resident Chargers as expert. Yep, there it is. Um, you know, being a Chargers expert, it's 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 not fun, but you know, maybe it'll pay off one day. <laughs> it's a it's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right, tied in here. Um, Jared Cook, forty seven hundred. Look, the Saints. There's no Alvin Kamara. There's no Latavius Murray. There's no Michael Thomas. I mean, there's just not that many guys left. They are trying to win this game, so. They're going to be trying to move the ball. I think Jared Cook is going to see um, a good amount of targets. I think he's going to see some red zone usage if they get in the red zone. So uh, I don't mind Jared Cook here just because of 
the lack of everyone else that they normally use. Yeah, I mean, Jerry Cook at this point is the is the best weapon on the team. So uh, at a forty seven hundred dollar price tag, that's there's a lot of upside there for sure. Yeah, and a couple other guys I want to throw. We, we've been talking about the Broncos a lot. Um, I like Noah Fant. He's thrown he's thrown up some good games lately. And then uh, so is Hayden Hurst going up against the Buccaneers defense, who I mentioned. They're down some guys due to COVID and might not be going all out this week. So, uh, Ben, do you lean either way between uh, Fant and Hurst this week? Uh, I think probably Hurst just for the leverage. I think Fant's going to be pretty pretty popular, all things considered. Like, I, I you know, I, I think Denver's a little sneaky, but also I think that a Denver stack might be sort of a popular thing. Um, I think that uh, that Falcons pass game is something that people have now written off. You know, they, they wrote that off a few weeks ago. Yeah, and uh, Hurst is also a little bit cheaper, so that always helps when I'm making your lineups. Yeah, and uh, you know, and the same punt tight ends are always there. I mean, Trey Burton is a is a solid play for for three for three k or less, like he always is. I mean, you know, the, the we've been we've been punting tight end for so long that that it's an art form at this point. I know they moved our boy Logan Thomas to uh to prime time on us, but he was probably going to be more expensive this week because he just he might just be good, you know. Yeah, I, I and I think he is. Logan Thomas just actually is good. Yeah. All right. So um. Let's go on to our stacks here. We'll try to make these quick here. My chalky stack, uh, Rogers to Adams. I'm going to do it because it works every single week. Derrick Henry is going to be chalk. I'm going to eat it. I'm going to play Derrick Henry in every single lineup. And then I think uh, we normally have our Vikings passing stack listed as sneaky. I think more people are going to be on it this week. I don't think it's going to be that sneaky, but yeah. I'm still going to do it. Yeah, it's not sneaky because because Cook is out and people are going to expect it now. It is still a little sneaky because you know both of those receivers are so expensive that it takes a lot to actually press the button on both of them. Yeah, so maybe playing both of them together is uh, you know, the leverage way to do it. Yeah. Um, my more tournament sneaky ones, I think Houston is in play. And then uh, I don't think Denver's going to get too much ownership here because they are, you know, Drew Locke is bad at football, but that doesn't mean <laughs> he's bad at DFS. So I will list Denver as far as um, – I will consider them sneaky for the point of the podcast. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my biggest problem is, or not problem, my, my biggest thing this week is that I just completely agree, so I don't have that much to say about the stacks. Denver and Houston are also my favorite sneaky stacks, although I don't think I like Watson to Cooks quite as much as you. I, th- I think I like Watson to some of the tertiary weapons, maybe even like like a Jordan Aikens might be in play this week. Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely fair. Um, all right, Ben, let's get to our last regular season bets of the year. We'll come up with a plan for the playoffs, whether we – want to do it or not i think we might have to considering someone's uh betting numbers on the podcast <laughs> not gonna name any names oh my god it's the shade is so bad no dude i you're gonna win this week i can feel it um i <laughs> you're gonna win this week so much i'm just gonna let you kick it off all right and i will kick it off i'm gonna take the cowboys minus one so basically a pick them against the giants i still think that the dallas cowboys are a better football team than the new york giants um they all obviously both of these teams sort of have stuff to play for. I think this is actually just going to be one of the more interesting games um, in general. So I'm going to bet 150 to win 130. I'm going to. Uh, I, I think that the Cowboys are going to end up taking it home. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. The Giants they played good there for a while, but I think they ended up being pretty fraudulent. They are the Giants. They do suck. The Cowboys are fine. So I yes. agree with you there. Yeah. Um. My uh, first bet of the week is going to be a money line parlay. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Indianapolis Colts, all to just win their game outright. I'm going to bet $200 to win 155 I talked about it before. Green Bay is an absolute machine right now. 
they're not going to let their foot off the gas pedal whatsoever. They need this one seed. They really want to get the bye. Winning this game essentially means moving on to the next round of the playoffs. It's essentially a playoff game without the uh, without the consequences of losing, of course. But yeah, I really like Green Bay this week. The Ravens have been dominating bad teams all year, and then the Colts. They're not going to lose twice to the Jaguars in the same season, especially not when the Colts have to win this game to have a chance to make the playoffs. So. Ben, I don't see anyone ruining this one for me. Green Bay, Baltimore, Indianapolis. Just go ahead and lock that one in and take your money. <laughs> no, I think that's actually that's a great – and I like it so much that I didn't even realize when I made this, but I made such a similar bet with my third bet that I'll just go ahead and move on to here. Um, I also have the Ravens and Packers in a, a Moneyline parlay. Um, instead of the Colts, I put the Titans in. So my odds are a little bit better. I'm actually at, at, at better than even odds, whereas Aaron's was – you know, he's winning 155 on 200. But – I'm also a little less confident in the Titans beating the Texans than I would be in the Colts beating the Jaguars. So, you know, there is like an interesting trade-off there. But anyways, I'm taking Ravens, Packers, Titans, money line, betting $200 to win 222 I don't really think anybody ruins that for me, but, you know, the Texans have been frisky. I just think Derrick Henry is going to run all over that defense and it won't matter. Oh, Derrick Henry is absolutely going to run all over that defense. The only question is, you know, will it matter? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I'm leaning Titans in that game for sure, so – I do think that's a winner for you. Um, my next parlay, I feel really good about. I usually don't get too aggressive with uh, these big bets, but I'm going to do it here. I'm going to take the Chargers minus three and a half, and I'm going to parlay that with the Washington football team money line on Sunday night against the Eagles. I'm going to bet $150 to win 287 So this is a really nice profit here for me if this hits. Uh, look, this has been a really unfortunate development for me here as a Chargers fan in this last month of the season. For some reason, the Chargers players are playing really hard to save Anthony Lynn's jobs. They're talking about it on social media. They're talking about it in their interviews. <laughs> they really like Anthony Lynn. Justin Herbert has been talking about how he's been awesome in the quarterback room, how he really wants Anthony Lynn to remain the head coach. They're going to end the game on a freaking four. They're going to end the year on a four-game win streak. They're going to try to save his job. They're going to beat the crap out of the Chiefs. Hopefully it doesn't work. Ben, I'm starting. I need you to talk me off the ledge here, Ben. I'm starting to get worried this man's going to keep his job. Dude, I, mean, I, I actually haven't heard any of this stuff that you're talking about because obviously this is very Chargers-centric and I'm not a Chargers fan in the same way you are. But if if Justin Herbert's actually coming out very publicly and being like, I want Anthony Lynn as my coach next year and I'll be upset if he's not, then he might still be there as like the worst coach in the NFL remains a head coach for like three years past what like what he should be dude it's been herbert and derwin james has been doing it on twitter what does derwin james even know he hasn't played in two years no i know i'm losing my mind man but uh (laughs) yeah they're minus three and a half and then on the other side of this bet washington look the disparity between the eagles offensive line and the washington defensive line is is really bad it's number six and number 32 respectively in sack rate they're going to be all over jalen hurts the Eagles are missing so many guys in this game. It's not even funny. They got eliminated last week from playoff contention. Their eyes are completely on vacation. I don't think they're even going to like give the energy to try to play spoiler. Washington has everything on the line. They play really hard for Ron Rivera. Everyone's healthy on Washington besides the quarterback situation, which isn't really a big deal for that team as long as it's not Dwayne Haskins, which it is not. So I think Washington gets the job done. I think they host a playoff game, which is hilarious, but I uh, – 
Yeah, go ahead and give me the Chargers minus three and a half parlayed with Washington to take care of business. I like that. I like the odds on that. And, you know, I, there's a lot of ways in which it could go wrong. But uh, it's, <laughs> I mean, just, you know, you're betting on the football team and the Chargers. And, you know, yeah, I'm, I've, I've certainly done this by betting on the Browns and the Texans and being like, yeah, it looks good on paper. But the, the poor franchises usually find a way to disappoint. Yeah, Anthony Lynn and Taylor Heineke, probably not a lock, but it, it feels <laughs> like it on Saturday. They always do. They always feel like locks on Saturday. And speaking of something that feels like a lock on Saturday, I I mentioned that my bets were getting simpler and they are mostly because it's week 17. I'm trying to get out of here with a profit. So I'm I'm not shooting for the stars. Um, But I'm taking the Vikings uh, spread against the Lions. So Vikings Vikings minus four at the Lions. Very simple bet betting $150 to win 163. I'm sorry, 136. Um. I believe in the Vikings pass stack. I believe in Alexander Madison to get it done on the ground when he needs to. I just, the Detroit Lions defense is absolutely hilarious. It's so fun to watch that uh, I'm going to tune into this game and, you know, hopefully enjoy the Vikings putting up some scores. That performance versus the Buccaneers was one of the worst defensive performances I have ever seen in the NFL game. If the <laughs> Buccaneers would have played their guys in the second half, Ben, they legitimately might have scored 90 points if they wanted to. <laughs> it was it really was- bad. It was hilarious. Um, my last bet of the regular season, a uh, big moment here. It's it's an exciting one. Uh, not really. It's it's the Saints versus the Panthers under 46 and a half. I'm going to bet 150 to win 136. Look, I mentioned that the Saints are uh, missing a lot of guys. I think they're going to struggle to move the ball without Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, Michael Thomas. And then I think Carolina is also going to struggle to move the ball just because their offense has been kind of a letdown for the you know latter part of the season. The Saints defense is good. The Saints have a lot to play for here. So just because they're missing guys on offense, I still expect the defense to roll out and play solid football. I'm expecting a lot of field goals, a lot of punts. Um, I could see the Saints squeaking this one out, maybe like 20 to 14. I think it's going to go well under the 46 and a half. So I'll put my money where my mouth is here and go 150 to win 136. I always appreciate a good a good totals bet. It's It's just, I don't know, like rooting for a total is so fun. Yeah, just because it's so much different than rooting for a, a line bet, just because there's so many different ways you can win and lose. Yeah. And you know what? With with all that said, I think that's gonna wrap up our, our NFL regular season. I don't I don't have any sort of heartfelt, tearful goodbye, mostly because we're gonna be back for the playoffs, certainly. Uh I think me and Aaron have to decide if it's gonna be standalone pod or if we're gonna start combining sports in our in our future ones, sort of the way that we used to do. I think maybe I'm leaning towards that, but we'll we'll discuss that behind the scenes for sure. Uh I I think I speak for both of us when I say we, we really appreciate your listenership, especially for this regular season. And uh, let's let's get this bread. Yeah, let's go ahead and get this bread. Uh, yeah, Ben mentioned it. We'll be we will be back with more podcasts. We don't know what format or when they'll be, but we will be back. We will update it on the Twitter at Cash Landing Pod. Uh, follows, likes, reviews on iTunes, always appreciated. And yeah, just uh, thank you guys for listening all year long. Uh, one last time. Good luck this week. Yep. Good luck. <laughs>